Matthew chapter 6. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're a God of blessing and favor and goodness. We pray, Lord, let your words become life. Let your words be spoken today. Let your name be glorified. Make us more like Jesus. Lord, we want to step into all that you have for us, that we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to just run through about four or five verses and really just, just hit them one after the other and talk about how you receive. Because you get a lot of people who are hanging around church and you know they're faithful in church, they serve in church, they tithe, they pray, they're walking with God, but they don't receive. They put a lot of seed in the ground, but there's not a lot of harvest coming back. I want to talk about how we can step into being the point of receiving and having God actually, actually just be essentially that, to be in that place of receiving. Is that all right? It starts with Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's actually really, really hard. Because in today's world, people are busy, right? People are stressed. Changes are constant. You know, society used to change about every 20 to 50 years. It now changes, I think it's about every 20 to 50 days on the same rate of change. There have been more inventions in the last 20 years than the previous 200. The, the technology in the Fitbit on my arm is probably more than was on the space shuttle that went up to the moon. It's a changing world. It's a different world. All right? And the problem is that with that change comes stress, and with that change comes pressure to keep up with what's going on. You know, you go into your job, and, and there's just change all the time. I mean, we now have change management specialists in a whole lot of organizations who are handling people constantly changing. And I mean, if you go and buy a computer today, it's out of date before you walk out of the shop. You know, if you walk in and, and said to the salesman, I want to buy the latest, they can't say the latest because what's on the shelf is already out of date with what's coming out. You know, I mean, I mean you know, when I was growing up, we had a phone in our house and we had one phone. And we had that phone the whole time I lived in that house. Yeah? I know in the last five years I've been through almost four phones. World's changed. With that comes stress and pressure and, you know, things like social media means that there's, there's limited downtime because people are always connected. When I was um, in my previous job, that we showed a video and they're saying this is where things are going. And basically it, it was, I mean, what I learned out of that is you should invest in Windex, as in glass cleaner, because it seems to be the biggest future there is. Because in this whole video, they went through and basically every surface became a computer. But you'd be in the bathroom looking in your mirror and up on the side would come up all your emails for the day. And all the people that are messaging you and so on, all coming up on your mirror. That you're sitting at the table, and the table is not a table, it's actually just a massive computer. And it's providing information and data, and you know, there's, there's a screen on there, and there's TV going, and there's news screaming. But what really horrified me about the whole thing was that there was no downtime. I mean, I don't want to be in the bathroom having a shave reading emails. I don't get the attraction. <laughs> You know, if, if I'm sitting at a table eating, I ain't eating so I can watch the... I mean, I don't watch the news now when I'm eating. I don't want to be reading a whole lot of stuff on, on my table. You see, we get into the world's way of system when we try to play the world system, but the world system's actually designed to keep you down. Do you ever notice that what you get paid in your job is always enough just to keep you in your job? 
It's never enough for you to make enough to get out of your job. Have you ever noticed that? The company does not pay you so that you can become wealthy and leave your job. Because that's how the world system is designed. It's designed to keep you controlled. It's designed to keep you in the system, running the system, always under the system. That's not how God designed things. You know what? I watch very little news. I used to watch the news a lot, read the news on the computer and, you know, papers and stuff. And I actually don't follow the news very much. And I'm still alive. And I still know what goes on. I read the paper the other day and I sat there going, flick, flick, flick. Because there was nothing in it anyway. I think I read two articles through the sports section, one article through probably the first 20 pages, and then the comics. Because, you know, everyone reads the comics because it's the best part of the paper. It's the only reason you get the paper, isn't it, for the comics? But there was nothing else in there. It was all just fear and speculation. And, but the world system is designed for us to be caught up in it and having to take it in. And it creates this churn. It creates fear. It's created anxiety. And we get into it and we become a part of the system. But God never designed us to be part of that system. He put, us, he put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he said, look, take care of it. Enjoy. And you see, when you seek first God and his way of living, you discover joy. You discover peace. You discover love. Because that's how God designed us to be. Not stressed and pressured, and, oh, but actually walking with him in his love and his peace. I'm not saying don't work. I'm saying be smart about what you do. Take back your time. You don't have to look at your phone. I know it's there. I know it makes noises. You know what? You actually don't have to respond. You don't even have to answer it. Unless it's me ringing. Did you know that? Yeah, when an email pops up, you actually don't have to read it. Isn't that incredible? Just because somebody says something, you don't have to do it. You have a choice to seek God first. Imagine all those things that you do all that day that actually don't produce anything. What if you took those aside and actually just hung out with God? That you walk through a garden and just talk with God. How would that change your life? How much would that produce within us? Because that's how we were designed. We were designed to take time out. And one of the keys to receiving from God is actually to step out of the world system and into that relationship with God and actually have that relationship with God. You know, Dale and I have been married for 25 years. A big part of that is actually taking time out to be together, of spending time away from everybody else together. All right, we okay with that? Because, you see, the rest of the verse says what? All these things will be added unto you. In other words, the things that you need, the things that you're believing for are added out of seeking first God and his way of living. That's what righteousness means, living right. Yeah? John 1, verse 12. I'm just going to jump through these four and give you bits. Is that all right? We okay with bits today? Bits of love. John chapter 1, verse 12. Are we there? John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him. Who has received Jesus? All right, how do you receive Jesus? You make a choice. Just like seeking God and his way of living, you make a choice. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now we can read things like that. We read about being children of God and we go, oh yeah, I'm a child of God. Think about it. You're a child of the most high God. 
the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, creator of the universe. And you're his child. But you're not just a child. The Bible actually says that you're a joint heir with Jesus. What does it mean to be a joint heir with Jesus? That means that everything that Jesus has access to, you have access to. Which makes you and I the richest people on earth. Think about it. God said things like, I own the cattle on every hill. He says all the silver and the gold and the wealth in the universe is mine. That's what God said. And you're his heir. Okay, let it sink in. Let it sink in. You're his heir. You're his child and his heir. Now, does Jesus have access to all that stuff? How do we know that? Because he's God, right? So he has full access to all the silver and gold on this earth. He has access to every living thing. It's his. And you are a joint heir with him. So you have the same rights that Jesus has to those things. See, we've been taught that we're supposed to be poor and broke because we're walking with Jesus. We're not supposed to have anything. I don't know why. Who said that? Because the Bible doesn't say that. It says you are a joint heir with Christ. And it says that even us who, who know how to give, you know, being evil, know how to give good things to our children, how much more does our Heavenly Father know how to give good things to His children? You know, I've had two birthdays this week with two of my daughters, one after the other. No, it's a blessing week. All right? And you want to give good things. Now, one of them only gives a certain amount of things because my house is already full of her things. Well, she gets ready for her house. You know, my other daughter says, I want some bunting. And they said to me, yeah, the bunting's in the garage in the box behind all the other boxes. Because oh. all the other boxes aren't mine. They're my beautiful daughter and son-in-laws. <laughs> That's all right. That's part of being the blessing of being a father. You store up things for your children. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what the Bible says? <laughs> you know, and so, but, you know, for the other one, for Beck, you know, we, oh, we've been the same man on both of them, but, you know, we buy bigger things. You know, and so you, I want to give good things to my kids. You go shopping and you just want to spend and you want to spend and you want to give. And if that's how I am, how much more is God towards us? We are his children. We're going to get that in the head. That part of receiving is actually how you think. The biggest blockage you have to receiving from God is how you think. That we do not think of ourselves as children and we do not think of ourselves as wealthy. Because wealthy is actually a state of mind, not a state of financial. It's actually a state of mind. If you think of yourself a certain way, you will become that. If you live in fear of always being broke, you will end up being broke, even if you have money. Because the money will hold you and you'll hold that money in your bank account. And you won't spend a thing out of fear and you live a life of poverty. But if you understand that in Christ, you are a joint heir with him, that the wealth of the universe is actually yours to receive. We think, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. No, you're not. That's why Jesus died, so that you could become worthy. So now you are. So change how you think. Let me kind of blow your mind a little bit here. Let me really mess with you. Go to Revelation. Revelation chapter 5. I feel like I'm bouncing off heads a little bit. Is that all right? Can we break through the bounce? Revelation 5 verse 12. This is in heaven. They're all gathered around Jesus and they're saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain 
to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Does that sound like it's appropriate for Jesus? Why? Because he's God and he's worthy, right? If you're a joint heir with Christ, if Jesus receives something, you receive it. That's what a joint heir is. If I said all my children were joint heirs, which they are, if I give one thing to one child, the other five have to receive the same thing. So this is to you. Worthy are you who has died to yourself to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And we read that and we go, I can't receive that. That's for Jesus. Yes, it is. But you're a joint heir. Is that messing with your head a little? Because what Jesus receives, you receive. That's what it is to be a joint heir. You receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That's your inheritance package. It's really quiet. Are we okay with this? Is this going over the top? All right. So how do you receive it? Hebrews 11 verse 6. Let's jump through the next three really quickly. Hebrews 11 6. Are we there? Almost? Hebrews 11 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe he is, and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Again, it's about seeking God. The two key things to receiving from God is, one, you have to change your mindset about how God sees you and about his plan to bless you, that you can receive, and his desire is for you to receive. But secondly, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe he is, and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God actually wants to add things into your life. He wants to add material, physical blessings to you. That's his plan. But it comes out of seeking first because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, who make a choice to say, I will seek God. Now, there are people who have seek God but actually are in a mindset where they can't receive what he wants to give them because they think they're not worthy even though they seek God. So you have to be a seeker of God and you need to renew how you think. The two have to go hand in hand because when you renew how you think, that's where the faith kicks in, that you expect God to take care of your needs and to reward you, to actually bless you, to pour out his goodness. That's faith. Faith is I expect this to happen. And I don't seek God because of that. I seek God because he is God and he is worthy to receive. He is worthy for me to seek him. It's what I'm here for. But the end result is actually expecting God to bless you in the middle of that. And these are the two biggest blockages to receiving. One is people don't seek God first. They put other things first. They let the busyness of life rob time with God. He should be our priority. Oh, but I've got to do this at work. I've got to go and do that. I've got to do that. You don't got to do nothing. You got to seek God first. If your job said to you, I need to get up at 5 o'clock every morning, you would get up at 5 o'clock every morning because we diligently seek our paycheck. Isn't that true? You know, if there was such a collapse and unemployment went to 80% and to keep your job you had to work from 5 in the morning till 9 at night, most people would do it because there's nowhere else to go. There's no alternative. It's the only way I can get paid. But if God said, hey, get up at 5 o'clock and spend an hour with me, do we diligently seek him? Do we seek him first? And yet in doing that, we step into the blessing he has for us. Does that make sense? Because as you do that, then faith comes. Because faith comes by the word of God and hearing it. 
reading it, speaking it, that when you hang out with God and you read his word and you pray and you're spending time with him, faith gets inside you and it starts to change how you think and you start to think like God. That as you seek him, you start to see you in a position where you can actually receive from him. You know what? All those things that you've believed for, God has them for you. He is not holding them back. He has given them to you. It's just there's blockages coming through. You go to Mark chapter 11, last verse, and then I'll jump through a couple of quick points. And then you can have your coffee because I know, you know, it's heading towards that time. Are we okay with this? It's very quiet in here. What do they say? I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and cast in the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, will have whatever he says. When it comes to faith and receiving from God, when you pray and you believe and you get to this point where you receive, you know, you receive it in your spirit, I have this, but you can't physically have it, it's done. It's as good as having it. It's as good as received. It's as good as already yours. But the problem is that we, we don't see it manifest in the time we think, and so we let go of what we're believing for. And God's like, it's on its way, it's on its way, and we let it go. Let me give you four really quick reasons as to why sometimes it's delayed. Because it's important to understand why things don't manifest. You know, oh, I'm believing for a new car, you know, and you're praying, and you're seeking God, and you get to this point in your spirit where you know you have faith to receive that car and you walk out the front and it's not in your driveway. So you rock up to work and it's not at work and you get home that night and you go to bed and you go, oh, I must have got it wrong. You didn't get it wrong. Let me give you four reasons as to why you have not yet received what you're believing for. Firstly, sometimes God has to move several things to make it happen. You see, when you pray and you speak the word of God and you have faith to believe for something, the angels go to work and do that, bringing it about. Sometimes that takes time. Because he may be going, you know what? I really, I really want to bless Sharon with a new car, but, but I, I, want, I, want, I want Phil to give her that car. So I need to go to work on Phil because it's a part of Phil's growth. So, you know, God talks to me about giving the, my car to Sharon, and I go, man, I've got to work through that because that's stretching my faith. And you know, if I get to the point of going, I'm not going to give Sharon my car, guys are going to go, that's it, Sharon doesn't get a car. God goes, okay, I'll go somewhere else. Because his word is true. He is not a liar. And he sets his angels out to fulfill it. But he may be giving someone else a chance to be the blessing so that he can bless them. All right? So don't let go. Keep praying. Because as you pray and you keep praising him for what he has promised you, you start to move in the heavenlies and make it easier for the person who's out to bless you. I mean, he'll get an angel to drive a car in your drive if that's what it takes. But sometimes God has to move several things to be able to get it to you. You know, you might have asked for a specific car and it doesn't exist. So he has to make it. I'm sorry we don't do a car in that color. We have to actually make one in that color. And so someone out there is ordering your car, but they're not going to take delivery on it because when it comes, they're going to go, they give it to you, or something's going to happen, they won't receive it and end up in your hands. All right? Second reason is sometimes God has to rearrange us so we know how to walk in the blessing he's giving us. You see, you may be praying for your debt to be paid off, but God knows that you haven't worked out how to handle your money well enough that if your debt's paid off, you're going to get right back in the same situation again. So God is working on you and teaching you how to handle your finances better. And he's rearranging you so that you can receive the fullness of the blessing. So you're holding up. That's why it's important to keep seeking him and to renew how you think. 
Because he's getting you ready to handle the blessing he wants to give you. See, there's a difference between riches and wealth. You don't understand that. You can be rich but not wealthy. Wealthy is knowing how to handle the blessing. Rich is just having a lot. Yeah? Yeah, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of sport. I mean, you go to the US and if you're an NFL player in football over there, you know, you could make, you know, 20, 30, 50, 100 million dollars a year. And yet they retire five, six years in absolutely broke. Because a lot of rich flowing in, but they don't know how to handle wealth. Yeah. All right. And so you need to learn how to handle wealth. So sometimes God will delay because he wants you to actually walk in the blessing. Make sense? All right. Deuteronomy 8, 12, 14, and, and chapter 8, 17, 20, if you want to read about that, where Jesus says, where God says, he said to the Israelites, look, you're going to come into the land of, you know, of the promised land. You're going to have great houses. You're going to have your new boat, your new car, put it in modern, modern context. That's what he said to them. You're going to have the things that you need. You're going to have wealth and riches. And he says, don't walk away from me in the middle of that. But when you receive the blessing, walk in the blessing. Relationship with me is key to that, right? That's what he's doing. The third reason is God wants to increase his glory. Sometimes God holds things back so that he looks even better. You know, Jesus could have risen up. You know, when he, when he died on the cross, he could have got straight back off that cross. I'm dead now. I'm back to life. Cool, it's done. When they put him in the grave, he could have got up the next day. But he didn't. He waited three days. Why? Because, you know, everyone's out there going, ah, yeah, yeah, we got him. We got him. And then when he rose again, it made a massive impact. Sometimes God delays things just to make you look even better. Yeah? The fourth one we find in Daniel chapter 10. Let me just read this to you. Oh, I've lost Daniel. Someone moved Daniel out of my Bible. Should be after Ezekiel. Yeah, there it is, sorry. Just flicked past it. Daniel 10. Daniel's praying and he's going to God and he's, he's asking for an answer from God. He's praying and praying. And eventually an angel comes and meets with him, the archangel Michael. And he says to him, don't fear, Daniel. From the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, the words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I am left alone. God sent the answer, but Satan's out there trying to hold it up. Daniel got his answer because he kept praying. He kept believing. He kept seeking God. 21 days later, he finally received. How many of us last 21 days? When we're believing something from God. Yeah, after five or six days, we let go. Oh, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe I got it wrong. Because we have this instant microwave, you know, we expect to send a text right now. You know, I send a text out and then I expect someone to reply straight away. If they don't reply within an hour, then something's wrong. Isn't that what we do? How many times do you post it on Facebook and then check your, your thing every few minutes to see when people have liked it? You know you've done it. We have this instant thing. We want instant recognition, instant gratification. And we try and put God in our instant box. Well, see, maybe delaying it for his glory, or it may be that the devil is out there trying to withhold the blessing because he knows if he can hold it back from arriving, you'll let go of it and he can, see, he can steal it. God's word is true. You have to decide that God's word is truth and that your circumstances have to change to meet God's word. Because God's word is not going to change to meet your circumstances. And if God's word says it, then it's done. And if that's true, then you keep holding on and you hold on until it comes through. You keep speaking the word of God. Don't speak rubbish. Speak the word of God until it comes through. Because if you believe, you will receive all that you've asked for. If you believe, it's according to the word of God, you will receive. 
Yeah, that's beyond faith. <laughs> Look, you keep believing. It may take you a hundred years, but you keep believing. <laughs> I said it's going to be according to the Word of God, and it says that He rides up on wings like eagles. <laughs> it's got to be according to the Word of God. All right. But Satan will try and hold it back. All right, so you have to. And there's a spiritual battle up there, and it says that the angels are fighting. They're your angels. Do you know how they fight? They fight with your words. When you speak the word of God, they use those as the weapons in the heavenlies. Because if it happens in heaven, it happens on earth. That's how it works. So if you let go, you disempower your angels who are working for you. We've got to get spiritually minded, because that's where the real battle is. Does that make sense? So you can't be, oh, I'm believing God for my debt paid off. Oh, man, I still got my debt. Stop owning it. It's not your debt. It says Jesus paid for that. It's his debt. Go, God, you got a bill. Does that make sense? All right? You want to get into receiving, you have to actually change how you live your life. And this is why so much of the church is a bad representation of God and lives in poverty and lack. It's because we don't seek God first. We'll do anything our employer tells us to do, but we won't seek God first and his way of living. Secondly, we don't really see ourselves as heirs of God. We have to change how we think, that we are joint heirs with Jesus, and that that stuff is actually your entitlement. It's already been given. Because Jesus died and rose again, you know, a testament comes into being when the person dies. Jesus already died. So it's your inheritance now. And thirdly, we get impatient because we want it in our time. And Satan will put the pressure on to try and let you let, make you let go. So put the pressure back. Seek him first. Put the word in and step into the blessing because we need to be the blessing. And you can't be the blessing if you aren't already in the blessing. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah? Is that good? Are we okay with this? All right. Let's pray. Father, we want to be seekers of you. And I pray, Father, that you will put your word upon our hearts and upon our minds to seek you first. Holy Spirit, you'll prompt us. Lord, whether it's the middle of the night, whether it's early morning, Lord, when we're doing things that, Lord, we shouldn't be doing because we should be hanging with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, prompt us to seek you first. Let your word become life, that it changes how we think to see ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we can walk in your blessing and be the blessing for your glory. We rebuke the devil and all he does to hold back the blessing God has for us. And we empower the angels of heaven to bring in our harvest for the glory of God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.